Monkey Boys Podcast. I wanted to like dial it back a little bit because mm-hmm. of your extensive martial arts training in Krav Maga and other arts. You know, everything that's happening with uh, Asian hate crimes, have you done any seminars that, that uh, focused on self-defense for the community? So I'm actually um, in the process of doing a seminar. I just have to organize the logistics. I'm talking to one of the um, leaders of uh, the AAPI movement in Chinatown, actually. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if she wants me to say her name, but um, she's been pretty much raising a lot of funds to, for alarms for mm-hmm. uh, Asian seniors because a lot of uh, seniors is she, are Is she afraid. part of Protect Chinatown? Yes. Is her name Sandy? Um, no, that's one of the people that okay. she knows. Okay. Yeah, yeah, her name's Grace. Grace okay. Young. She's a certified okay. guru. Okay. Cool. She, was, she wants to be low-key about that, so maybe we'll just throw <laughs> that name. Or, <laughs> sure, sure. Know, she yeah, might yeah, not yeah. even see this podcast, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I train her as well. Okay. Um, I train a lot more. Ever since this happened, I'm training a lot more Asian Americans now. Yeah. And how did they find you? Did, did they reach out to you directly? Were yeah, you... they reached out to me directly on, on Instagram. They see me on YouTube. They see me on Instagram. They see me on a lot of different social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, there, there aren't a lot of, I guess, Asian self-defense specialists around the area. So I think I'm one of the few. So the Asian people, I guess, feel more comfortable working with another right. Asian person. Do they ever share stories with you? Did something happen to them? Yeah, some... Um, some of my clients actually have been through um, dangerous altercations, I guess, in the subway, on the street, at parties and whatnot. Some of them, you know, um, physical altercations, also verbal altercations that could potentially lead to uh, physical altercations. I've been trying to wrap my head around this uh, for a while. And, you know, we, we talk about this with, with different guests that come on. Mm. It's one thing where we know crime happens and it's another thing when the crime does occur where it's so clear to us it's a hate crime or or it's it's a violation and the law somehow releases the criminals or uh just say we can't prove that this is a hate crime therefore it's not and we're gonna let it go Mm. uh what are your thoughts on that i think it's a whole lot of bullshit in politics you know, but why is it? See, th- and this is what I'm trying to wrap my head around is that because no one, it- no one. To be honest, I feel like Asians aren't really a hot topic now, so the press press wants to water it down. You know, it's oh, not really a hate crime, just happened to be Asian. Like, no, dude, it's it's a hate crime. But it's not even I'm, I'm not even the press. It, it's like when we talk about politicians, mm-hmm. district attorneys, right. Um, you know, certain, I, I know police have limited power in terms of what they can, cannot do. They have to follow the guidelines when, once they book someone, right? But just the, the lawmakers, you know, when they're looking at this, for example, the two Korean women that was attacked in Baltimore, mm-hmm. right? Didn't, didn't they charge uh, the person? They caught the, the culprit and they let him go and they said that it wasn't a hate crime. And what were they, 60 something years old? Yeah, when, this when you, was a stabbing, right? Yeah, yeah. So when when you attack two old women in their sixties, mm. and you're a grown ass man, mm-hmm. and you go in and stab old women or whoever, unprovoked, obviously, 
how is that not a hate crime? Mm-hmm. And then how do you let that person? Well, just minus the just, hate crime part. How do you let that person go? Right? right. It just blows my mind. Yeah. So since that happened, I believe some Korean lawyers came back and said, you know what? We're going to fight this case for you. Mm. Pro bono. Mm. And they stepped in. I mean, but the fact that they have to do that, right? Don't they pay taxes to the city? Don't, right? They've been good civilians, good contributors to society. They deserve much better than that. Mm. Going into your retirement age, no matter what race you are, white, black, Asian, Mm. green, purple, it doesn't matter. Latino, like you deserve much better than that when you're in your 60s, when you've been working your entire life only to have someone half your age come by and attack you unprovoked. It's crazy to me. And then in addition to that, once that attack happens, you don't get justice. Yeah, not, not like justice that, you know, yeah. a person who's being attacked should deserve. Um, and that, I think that's why people are looking at their own way to protect themselves now. Because we can't count on... Uh, you can't rely on the law to protect you. You can't rely on police to protect you. You are your own protection. I tell my clients all the time, you are your own protection. By the time you call the police, it's too late. And other civilians, as we see, as we have seen, will most likely will not help you. Because they're probably scared or the they're too busy the recording it effect. on their phones. Yeah. I hate I hate the fact that what you're saying is true, and it's because it's already happened. This is yeah. what we see. This is the stories we hear, right? Where people who are victims are saying, "You know what? I got hurt, like the Filipino man that was slashed across the face, and he said no one helped. No one helped. No people just helped. watched yeah. him, mm-hmm. just yeah. watched him. Uh, you know, there's just so many scenarios like this, and it kind of makes you lose faith in humanity. And I hate that." It feels at times like the bad guys are winning. The, like evil seems to just continue to just pile on on good people who don't deserve these kinds of attacks. That's why you have to fight fire with fire. How I, do, I, truly, I truly believe that. You got to fight fire with fire. You just have to be better at their game. You have to be better at violence. You know, the only way to instill fear in these evil people is if you're better at violence than them. That's better. true, but that's yeah, so that's tough true. when you it's have so people tough. The, who are just regular people, right? Like grandmas exactly. and, yeah. and young children. And the, they, there, there's, a, there's a phrase that goes, um, the only way to fight evil people are good, good men skilled in violence. Um, mm. A lot of Krav Maga practitioners like swear by this phrase. So, all these guys committing these crimes and hurting these innocent people—they're—they're they're not right in the head, you know. They're not right in the head, and a lot of them, if you study the psychology of these attackers, they enjoy hurting weaker people. They enjoy attacking, and the only way to get to them. It's not by talking. You can't be like, hey, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. You can't go backwards and and just beg for uh, mercy. You have to bring the fight to these motherfuckers. How do you do that? You know? How do you do that if... You have to weaponize. You have to weaponize yourself. You have to train. You have to train self-defense. You have to weaponize your, your mind, weaponize your body. Right. You know, practice self-awareness. You know, situational awareness. Right. You know, if you're not... 
you are not a resp- at at this uh, day and age. If you are not taking your personal safety into your own hands, you are not a responsible adult. Especially if you are a parent and you have kids, mm. and you're not training and taking your personal safety seriously, you're playing with fire. You're not taking your life that seriously. It broke my heart. I saw on the news recently how the Asian man, do you remember the Asian man who was attacked with this, uh, this kid? He couldn't toddler. do it. Yeah, yeah. Toddler in the stroller. Yeah. Toddler in the stroller. And he, and he said on TV, I couldn't do anything to protect myself and my kid. Mm. How shameful is that? Mm. How he, sad and how pathetic is that? Should he feel shameful? Yes, he should. The fact that he couldn't do anything to protect his kid and himself. Mm. It's not his fault that he was attacked. But he should have done something. The fact that he said, I didn't know what to do. If you are a father, if you are a grown ass man, you should know what to do if someone attacks you. Your job is to protect. Your job is to protect and provide. Mm. That's a tough reality that I think a lot of people are facing. And listen, if you don't know how to protect yourself, that's totally fine. At least carry a weapon with you. And that's the thing. At least carry a weapon with you or, or travel with your homies. But there's, but there's tough gun laws and tough exactly. and that's, yeah, knife you don't laws have to in, have in, in some of these cities. Mm-hmm. And the city where he was attacked, and there's, it's pretty, you can't, mm-hmm. they're, they're not friendly. It's not like Florida and Texas where you yeah. can carry a gun and a knife. Yeah, but I'm not talking so, about gun and knife. I'm talking about maybe a, a walking stick, yeah. you know? Maybe a walking stick or a little. <laughs> Let's bend the law a little bit. You know, you know. This is a baseball bat. Yeah, this is a maybe, walking like, stick. maybe your knee is hurting a little my, bit, and you want to. Staff that, that's yeah, like this, this big, exactly. and then I press a little button, and it just extends. Or you can carry a pocket knife. You know, like as long as it's not, you know, this small in the width of your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, they could create a little, little room, breathing mm-hmm. room to, scare away the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just anything or if you don't want to fight yourself you don't want to train better travel with friends who are willing to fight for you yeah. on your behalf you know i i advise all my asian friends if you don't know how to defend yourself or if you're not willing to defend yourself travel with people who are willing to fight right. you know I, it's so sad like i feel like we're going back in time you know mm-hmm. i've been bullied since i was a kid you know early 90s I'm sure you guys got bullied early 80s and, you, we, and I, I thought we're past this point. Mm. So did I. I thought, so, I thought we're better than this as a society, but we're going back in time now, it seems. And it's worse than ever. Yeah, COVID just caused a, a, uh, a dirty, dirty reality to surface where it gave, it was just the, the right mix between Trump, between COVID, between yeah. anti-China sentiment. Right. And you just stirred it up in a pot, and you just mm-hmm. crazy because the, the the virus actually a lot of it came from Europe and not from China, and the fact that people you know, don't even know people about don't even that. know about yeah. that yeah. But it's, here's the thing: a lot of people who aren't Asian would argue against that. They would they, they would say because I you know I talk to my um, friends who aren't Asian, right. and we touched on this topic, and they were like, "Get the fuck out of here! It comes from China, for sure. Like, get out! You trying to blame it on us?" No way. And they're European? <laughs> Italian. Europe? Well, one of them oh, was Italian. Okay. <laughs> and he was telling me, he's like, you're trying to blame it on us? I was like, no, we're not trying like, to first blame it on all, anyone. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to be, uh, um, you know, we're going to facts, right? So, you know, the, the, when it spread in, the, in New York, it didn't come from Asia. It came from Europe. 
So where did it originate from, though? Did they find that out yet? Well, did the yeah they're saying it originated from Asia, from okay. China. So okay. yeah, if it originated, if there's facts that support it, yeah, so it originated in in in, in China. But if we're talking about the the outbreak here in New York City, that mm-hmm. came from Europe. You know, that mm-hmm. came from a guy, the dude from Italy or something. And he came back and then he spread it in a synagogue or some you know something. Oh, that's right, with the, with the Jewish lawyer mm, yeah. on um, in Midtown. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. We talked about that on a podcast yeah. about a year ago. Isn't yeah, that crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a year and a half ago. ago. But yeah, anyways, anyways, we can't do anything about it, and we're we're gonna get hate for being Asian. It's mm. just the fact of the matter, and all we can do now is just equip ourselves. You're talking about arming up, meet violence with greater violence and with more veracity, and that's mm-hmm. the only way to stop it. How many other people are like you in that sense, where they weren't trained, but they would just follow the school route and, and they focused on that and gave all the energy to that. How do they all of a sudden learn how to become violent? Because, you know, even even people who are trained in fighting, if they don't fight for a long time and they get in a physical confrontation, they'll get rusty. Either, yeah, yep. they're shocked. They'll, sh- they'll get, get the shakes. Yep. They'll, um, you know, and they could be, you know, familiar with fighting. They, they, they may not be a stranger to it, but it's still a little bit, strange to them mm-hmm. you know you can't you know that fight or flight hits adrenaline anxiety when you get people don't understand when you're in a real world combat situation all of those emotions just you know gets all in at once and and then it comes to a halt and you're just like holy shit mm-hmm. right how do you get someone to get to the level versus someone who is mentally disturbed who mm-hmm. has a history of violence because a lot of these people are repeat offenders who's been to the university of jail as you were saying if you're not well equipped to protect yourself you better get something that can protect you whether it's mace mm-hmm. you know pepper spray yeah. a little tiny weapon a walking stick you can use to hit someone yeah. or just have friends around you peers around you they say you have to meet the violence when you're in a situation you have to and you have to be prepared to hurt them absolutely because at the end of the day, it's going to be either you or them. That's it. And that's what they all tell me. That's what they all tell me. They say, Sometimes you cannot. there is no reasoning with people. These evil people are trying to hurt innocent civilians. There's no reasoning with them. You can't talk your way out sometimes. There's a, a psychological barrier for a lot of people who wasn't raised in that. Exactly. Yeah. Or cut from that cloth mm-hmm. to hurt someone. They're just, they, they really can't put that together there's so many people that I mean I know a lot of people that could talk a tough game too and not really mm-hmm. walk the walk right and and I get that you know it's 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 hard thing to do to if you're not used to it in that scenario when someone's confronting you or being mm-hmm. confrontational to meet that and be prepared to do more it's easy to say right it's easy to talk about but once you have emotions thrown in it's hard to apply logic and, and be very situationally aware right. of what's going on without that experience. How do you, what's your advice to people who are, who has something like that, where they know it's the right thing, but they just, it, they have the psychological barrier mm-hmm. and, and get them prepared for that real world situation. So as you said, if they're uh, book nerds, right, bookworms who've just studied their whole life and didn't really have much physical activity or training, then they should at least study study violence they should study the art of um self-protection self-defense they could read books on it they could watch film on it they could watch videos on youtube on it and to at least become aware of how to protect 
yourself. And then eventually they can go out of their shell and start practicing on their own. But it's a, it's a step-by-step process, you know. I'm not expecting a, a bookworm to all of a sudden become Batman and fight on the streets. Step-by-step, read on it. There's so many books on violence, so many books on self-protection, self-defense. If reading is your thing, studying is your thing, get a bunch of highlighters, get some pens, and start researching on how to defend yourself. Study. Study, study the psychology of an attacker. I think You have to study your enemy. I think it goes back to what you said, and I'll share a quick story. I, I had a friend who was bullied growing up, mm-hmm. and he decided, he asked me, what, you know, what do you think about me taking self-defense classes? I said, absolutely. I think it's always good mm-hmm. to um, apply extra knowledge in your life, no matter what it is. And if you want to add that to your arsenal, I think that's great, and it's great exercise. So he did that. He went and uh, trained self-defense, boxing. He took both. And, um, but I did tell him, I said, don't let that mess with your confidence. And he said, what do you mean? I was like, don't think that just because you take this, meaning that you could beat someone up, because that may not be the case. Yeah, that's the flip side, actually. Um, A lot of self-defense instructors, one of their main problems as an instructor is giving their clients or the students a false sense of security. That's it. I always tell my clients, if you can run, run. If you can run, run. Don't be a tough guy. Just mm-hmm. because you're training every day, a few hours a day, I don't care. If you're fighting someone, at the end of the day, both of you guys will be a loser. Because right. one of you guys will get hurt. I mean, both of you guys will get hurt in a fight. In a fight, definitely. Yeah. there's a loser and a loser. Especially in a street fight, you don't think you're going to get hit and get hurt and get rocked? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe you'll knock someone out. In the process, maybe you'll break your hand. Mm-hmm. Or you get bloody nose, mm. or, or you, you get die. a little shank in your, or you could die, you, or you could yeah. die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So You're, he had that. He both had that. Of you guys are losers in, in a fight, All right? And he had that false sense of security, so he went toe to toe with someone that oh, he shouldn't have. God, he weighed more. The guy was bigger than him, <sighs> and he knocked his ass out. Okay, and laid him out. And you don't. Know. And he had a chance to run. He had a chance. Oh god, that's but the he, worst. And you don't know if the other guy him. has friends too. What if friends come and that, with a right. knife? Anytime you you go in. <clears throat> You're risking your life. Right. And a lot of people don't know that. When you're getting in a fight, you're risking your life. Either you may end up in a hospital, you may end up six feet, or you may end up in jail. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not in the wrong, even if someone else initiated, it's usually mm-hmm. uh, if you cause so much damage to the other person and they may look at it as unnecessary, yeah. mm-hmm. you could go to jail. I mean, how many people There's do we know a lot <laughs> that, yeah. that won fights fight that ended up right, you know, right. in more trouble yeah, than they it's should just, have? It's just not worth it. It's definitely not worth it. There's too many um, uncontrollable factors in the street. You know, you don't know if the guy has a weapon. You don't know if he has friends. You don't know if he's connected with um, you know, big-time lawyers that could sue your ass. Right, right. Fighting is never worth it. De- that's why de-escalation methods are mm-hmm. so important. Mm. Right. But don't get it twisted. If your back's against the wall, you do everything it, you can absolutely. to get out, get out from that. Everything. Bite his ears off, gouge his eyes, rip his groin. Yeah. Do whatever you can. Shatter his kneecaps. How do you shatter someone's kneecaps? Like just, just. So you can knee, you can knee stomp, knee stomp the guy. How many ways is the knees bent? One way, right? <laughs> Not that many. Ways. Help it <laughs> bend the other way. Boom! The knee stomp. That'll stop him from coming at you. Yeah. Terra's MCL, Terra's ACL, Terra's LCL. Do a strong low kick. Mm-hmm. Boom, with your shin. 
So, so in terms of self-defense, right, for, for people who are, who are, you know, taking just to protect themselves, mm-hmm. do you recommend these, these moves or is there more of... Absolutely. You, you, I, I train some 60-year-olds. I train some 70-year-olds. I train some, I train some seniors. And I give them really easy methods, you know, just push kicks, you know, C-shaped strikes to the trachea, eye gouges, elbows, knees. And that works because a lot of these people who are attackers, they aren't trained fighters. Just keep that in mind. They may be big. They may be, um, they look athletic in a lot of these situations. They may look aggressive, but they're not trained fighters. I actually have one one 70-year-old that I train who's actually in this place right now. He's sitting in the couch. He's an anomaly. He 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 can beat up some some dudes easily. He's I gotta show you some videos of uh, mm-hmm. Art doing some knife oh, disarming. I believe gun it. Disarming. Let's see it. I believe it because yeah, I know I know boxers in their sixties. Yeah, mm-hmm. like well, people that have been trained in boxing yeah. their whole life. And I, I yeah, met well, a couple of guys in their sixties. Yeah, bro, their cross punch was, or even their jab could hurt a lot of people. Yeah. It's like I yeah, wouldn't sleep you, on them. Yeah, if, if the people viewing this, if you need motivation, look at Art Golden on instagram mm. art golden art no what's golden. that huh what's art golden that's his uh username oh, okay yeah he's, art's he's golden? One of, yeah he's my uh he's one of my crowd maga clients mm. and a multi-students and okay. he's kicking butt you'll see all his videos of me training with him mm. awesome. yeah. I, I saw i saw this video of um on, on a bus and uh, i think this young kid was like causing a ruckus or picking on people or, or just trying to steal money from passengers on the bus and this guy he you know he's kind of um balding but then you know he's some gray around and you, you can tell that he's older right way older than the kid who was like taller but you can see when he when he stepped up the the guy was like he got into his stance his boxing stance and you can tell like he can fight and he just picked the wrong dude to to fuck with on the on the bus and mm-hmm. he just knocked him out yeah so you just never know who who, who you end up picking on and yeah you know you might be picking on the wrong person I'm going to pivot here a little bit. You're talking about cryptocurrencies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's touch on that because I don't mean, you know, it's crazy. I, I, to me, I think in my circle of friends, like a lot right. of them talk about crypto and their stocks, et cetera, stocks yeah. investing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a whole nother 95% of the world that really doesn't invest. They live and they save and they put it in a savings account. And you, I was surprised to know that so many people, um, so many people's capital goes uninvested into the market. It's truly a shame. Now, what are your thoughts on cryptocurrency? I think you should invest in ASAP. It's the future. It's the way of the future. Right. Now, yeah, if you're, you're not a, honestly, I don't think you're a responsible adult if you're not investing in stocks, crypto. You need, you need to study the market, you know, especially as a martial artist, as a fighter. You're making money with your body. You know, you're always working. But if you have a little money in the bank, you gotta make money work for work work for you as well, right? You can't be fighting all day. So if you get injured, you can't train clients, you can't fight, you can't make money. Mm-hmm. So you have to invest in something so the investments make money for you. Why do you think cryptocurrency is uh, a legitimate source of investment? Why do I think so? Yeah, because the government, because the government's not on it yet to regulate <laughs> it. I mean, I'm. I'm sure with the Biden administration, they're catching on now. You know, and they're going to tax a lot of it now. But it is being taxed. Yeah, and they're going. The IRS is going after a lot of people. So, so okay. I heard that if you, if they're going to regulate it, mm-hmm. does that make it legitimate, more legitimate? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, depends it's d- how double-edged swords, right? It's yeah, double-edged exactly. sword. You know, now the government's um, acknowledging it finally. Mm-hmm. You know, 
So I feel like it's just going to go up even more. Do you think, but what if they decide? It's all decentralized now, but you know, now it's going to. Can they stop it? No, you can't. You can't stop this train. I don't think you can stop this I, train. I agree. Mm-hmm. What about you, No. You can't stop this. No, train. I don't think so because it, crypto, you know, it's not just a, it's not a U.S. thing. Yeah, it's right. a, a global thing. You know, crypto, and if they stop one cryptocurrency, another one will be born. Right, crypto is huge in, in China. Right, so I think like 50, 51 or more than fifty percent of the mining happens in, in China. China. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, if if they want to compete, they have to get into the game. So I don't think they're gonna make it go away. They're gonna try to work with. Yeah. But they're so late into the game. Oh, yeah. They're so late into the game, and, and it's getting creative now too. Now NFTs, mm. non fungible <laughs> tokens. Oh god! <laughs> you can you, you can buy a house, buy horses like mm. via crypto, like right. electron, like uh, what, crypto houses, crypto collectibles, collectibles, artwork. artwork. It's mm-hmm. going crazy right now. Yeah, yeah there's a whole new market for it. It's a whole yeah, it's a whole new market. It's, it's made world. so many millionaires. Mm. Yeah. I, I think crypto is great because I think it's going to create a lot of wealth in our society. Yeah. And that's what we need. Yeah. That's one. I think two, we do need to streamline the way money is used because I think it's ridiculous that if I put my money somewhere mm-hmm. and and I can't get access to it on the weekends. You know what I mean? If, if I'm sending you a payment, mm-hmm. you can't get it till Monday or three to five business days without sense. paying more money right. to have it the next day. It's it's yeah. kind of ridiculous. And I could just send you an eighth of a Bitcoin anytime I want. Anytime. And boom, immediately you get it in your wallet. It's right there. Yep. I think uh, as the technology evolves, as uh, society moves forward, it will become more and more intertwined Yeah. Bitcoin ATMs are forming all over, yes. all over the US. Now. I think a lot of these Fortune 100 companies are jumping on board and there's you look you look at these the proof isn't a pudding it's not even I, I i mean look at these financial firms or these large banks and look at um the engineers that they're trying to hire mm-hmm. and they're looking for people with experience in the blockchain working with ethereum working mm-hmm. with certain types of crypt, uh, cryptocurrencies because they know that's the future if yeah. you look at um large pay, paypal they're moving towards that yeah, I mean, just yeah, I just bought some Ethereum on PayPal. Coinbase <laughs> yeah. is coming up, so PayPal is trying to get on that, right? Right, and we mm-hmm. were just talking about that earlier where you know, PayPal is working from the outside in mm-hmm. to crypto, where I think Coinbase, Coinbase is working for the inside out, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to expand their service. That's why I think Coinbase has an incredible... Um, I mean, it, it is down since its IPO, but that's expected with a lot of these large yeah. IPOs. I'm looking for Facebook, their, Alibaba. Their yeah. That's going to be good. But I think in the long run... I think Coinbase is going to do extremely well. Yeah, I'm planning to hold that for two, three years. I mean, I'm down, down now, but yeah, I agree, man. And and you know what? The only way to really stop cryptocurrency is if you have you have to stop the internet. That's it. Yeah, you, you have stop to stop the, the and you can't stop the internet. Yeah. It's become uh, part of our lives. You know, our cell phones and our computers yeah. have become an extension of our right. brains. And the fact that the dark web still exists, you know, the government's has been trying to shut it down. That's Crypto is gonna, crypto is gonna stay alive way more than the dark web. They still haven't figured out how to get rid of the dark web, right? Right, right. How are they gonna get rid of crypto? I don't think they can. I don't. I really don't. I, you have to get rid of the internet. Yeah, gotta get, get rid of the internet. Gotta get, get rid of Google. Gotta get, get rid of a lot of things. Yeah, and I don't think you then can get rid of the go, internet. Then I gotta go away. Yeah. Now, which uh, cryptocurrencies? I mean, do you uh, dabble in? Uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Dogecoin. Let's talk about Dogecoin because yeah. I think it's a it's hilarious. Litecoin. 
why do you find value in Dogecoin? Because it is a meme coin, right? It was mm-hmm. started as a joke, and I, it's ironic now it's in a top five cryptocurrency. Yeah, the only reason I I see value in Dogecoin because of the hype and the clout that's around it. It's the people's coin, right? You know, right. as long as we exist in this world of of memes and clout, um. Dogecoin's going to keep going up. Dogecoin made so many millionaires. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's funny that you say that because that's like, that's the new wave in the in the society that we live in. Now, where back then, you look at fundamentals, the mm-hmm. company's fundamentals, right? You now look we at, look at memes. Now you look at memes. Now we look at hype. <laughs> and we hype look at Instagram. Because that's what's worked. And you're getting some serious, and we're not talking about 100, 200% return. That's considered little in this world. Yeah, right. In, in that cryptocurrency world, 102, 102%, that's a walk in a park. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about thousands. I mean, this year alone, I believe Dogecoin is up 25,000%. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Isn't that insane? And what, what, what kind of kills me is that I was watching, I was looking at Dogecoin when it was under a sense, mm-hmm. and I was going, no way this is ever going to pop off. No way. Mm-hmm. And then I saw it go to three cents, four cents, and I thought about it. I really did. I said, yeah. "Ooh, man, there's a lot of hype." And I was like, "I'm like, nah, I'm gonna stay away from it." Yeah. And then it is now where it is. It's whatever. It's, it looks like it's going to hit a dollar. But I, I mean, as of speaking today, it dropped a third of its value because of Elon Musk's yeah, he, appearance he on screwed SNL. Up. He screwed up at SNL. <laughs> the, your thoughts on Ethereum? Ethereum. I think Ethereum's going to exceed Bitcoin eventually agree yeah you, I, you I, agree i yeah. agree i think it's gonna flip bitcoin mm-hmm. and the it. nfts is all based on ethereum that's it i think it has so many advantages in terms of its use case people finding applications they have ethereum engineers mm-hmm. you look at these banks they're hiring people with ethereum that know how to work with the ethereum blockchain mm-hmm. uh there's just so many things you can you can use smart contracts i mean they learn how to apply with nfts now and and i don't think nfts is going to go away i think it'll die down because it is kind of getting kind of ridiculous yeah but in terms of having a contract to prove that you have some type of collectible i mean we live in a world where where clout is mm-hmm. the big thing now yeah, especially pokemon cards go for like 5k now like exactly. Charizard goes for 5k exactly it's like different toys in the market that are so expensive right simply people, because of the cloud yes people want to flex mm-hmm. right especially because of social media instagram what yep. it is and 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 tiktok or whatever your choice of uh social media outlet is people want to show that they have dope shit Mm-hmm. Right and and I, I mean that goes all the way back to when we were kids when we used to show off sneakers like yo exactly. you got the you got the freshest George oh you actually copped a pair mm-hmm. or oh you have this oh you, you look at your car you have the the new BMW you, oh you got the M3 like that was a hot mm-hmm. thing back now then. it's and crypto then, it's like oh you got this uh, amount of Bitcoin you got this right of and, and that's why I think with Ethereum and NFT if you can prove like yo I own this piece and now as a grown man yo I own this artwork this is my artwork mm-hmm. right. Oh yo, I I own this basketball card. Mm-hmm. This this NFT, I own it. Mm-hmm. And then you start having all of these collectibles. That's that's a, to me that's the equivalent of of having a blue check on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. we live in that world where people yeah. all about that. So now people will be posting things that they own. That's the new flex. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I think Lambo and Ferraris, those things are cool, but you know, how cool will it be if you go, yo, I own a piece of this art or I own Jordan's rookie card 
or Zion Williamson or whoever, right? Yeah. You just own something. Big thing now. That's really cool, and I, I think, and I think that's why Ethereum. I think that's part of the reason why, because there's going to be reasons why Ethereum will flip Bitcoin that haven't been um, given birth to yet. Mm -hmm. There's going to be new uh, applications to yeah. Ethereum, and so I think it has massive potential to flip Bitcoin. I will not, I would not bet against it. Yeah. I'll tell you that. So that's why it's it's the potential. Mm -hmm. It's it's the potential. Now Bitcoin has the mover's advantage, the first move. I get it, but then that's like saying AOL is better than Google. Right. It's also limited supply. So, you know, Bitcoin has a limited supply. I think Ethereum too, right? What do you think is going to hit uh, with the summer? So we had an earlier podcast talking about this. I said back when Ethereum was under 1,000, mm -hmm. I said I think it's going to go to 5,000. This summer, 5K? So, yeah, it's yeah, going to well, probably uh, hit 4K well, soon. Well, right? it almost hit 4K. It was like, I think, 40 as of today. Yeah, as of today. Uh, filming the podcast, it was $40 away from 4K. It hit 39.60. Okay. It probably... Hit it already. So, Maybe well, hit it filming. already. Wait. <laughs> right. I actually checked her and oh, yeah, well, they're at the bathroom break. But I will say, I think, uh, I think Ethereum will hit 10K. Mm. I'm, mm -hmm. This year. By this year. Yeah. This I, year. I, I was like, if, I said, if it could touch 5K, it could hit 10K. I think it's, sure. I think 10K with, the, especially with the new protocols that are coming out this summer. Mm. I, oh, man. And, and think about it. Ethereum's not even a household name yet. Bitcoin is. But Ethereum is not a household. A lot of the people that aren't introduced to cryptocurrencies yet, they don't really know what... They probably heard Ethereum just on a baseline, but when you dig deeper into it, you can go, oh shit, this has real world use case. I'm going to sound absolutely crazy here, but maybe five years from now, Ethereum will hit 100K. We all eat. It's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, so I don't know, and who else? I mean, there's like people talking about Cardano. I think Cardano's a an interesting player too. Mm. I think Cardano's very interesting. Yeah, so. I mean, probably the two coins that have name recognition right now, just amongst everybody, is Bitcoin and and uh, Doge. Doge, right and here's why I love Doge. Uh, it's because it, int it introduced a lot of people to cryptocurrencies. Yeah, it's that's the why I it's love a gateway crypto. <laughs> that's gateway right. Drug. Yeah. That's right, to the younger generation, the right, Gen right. Zs and yeah. all that. But to even people, the older generation, actually, because uh, CNBC, you got Fox, a lot of people, SNL, covering Dogecoin. They're all like, what the hell is a Dogecoin? And it's easier to look at it when you look at it like, oh, see, it is a joke. So you look more into that and you go, wait a minute, this is a joke cryptocurrency, but this isn't. Yeah. Wait, this is the real thing? Wait, mm -hmm. look, I find it interesting that Dogecoin loses a third of its, of its value. And then Ethereum goes from 3,700 3, to almost 4K. Do you feel like you're going to um, sell some Bitcoin this summer? Um, some some, some I, crypto specialists are saying like it's going to go, it's going to dump. So Right. But that's what, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible to pre predict these things. Yeah. You can look at the past and what happened in the previous cycles as a clue. But when what I think the question is when's the bubble gonna burst, right? Right. Once a good time. I think what's out. your strategy? If you have a ten year strategy where you go, I'm in this long, I don't really care about the money right now in the short term. Mm -hmm. Um I'm 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 looking for I have ten years. I have a ten year exit strategy. So whatever happens on this date ten years from now, this is that's what I'm gonna do. Good for you. I think you'll make a lot of money. I think you can possibly if you invested enough, I think you can make a tremendous return depending on what you invest in and which ones and how well that project does. But I think there's a lot of potential there. No doubt about that. 
Now, if you're day trading it, you're playing with fire. But I don't think it's ever bad to take profits. Mm. If what if you take profits and you're up a few hundred percent, to me, that's a W. Yeah. You know, that's a win. So um, at some point, though, you do have to lock in profits. Now, it just depends on strategy. You know, what, whatever's good for you. If you have the patience for 10 years, you go, look, I'm a young man. Uh, I can wait until I'm 30 and I could I don't mind working now. My job's not too bad. And by the time I'm 30, uh, if Ethereum, say like you invest in Ethereum and it hits 100K and I have X amount and then doing the math, if it hits 100K yeah. and let's say I have 20 Ethereums, that's 2 million, right? So that's pretty good. That's enough for me to live a comfortable lifestyle and, and where I have fuck you money. So where I could be work optional at that point. Then that's not a bad strategy because that, that'll likely, that's a, that's, there's, there's a good possibility of that happening where yeah. you could um, see profits in that. But if you're in a short term, you got to ask yourself, why are you taking the profits? Hmm. What are you going to do with your money afterwards? You I think that's the big question. <laughs> but, but what are you going to reinvest in, right? Because you right, keep right, jumping right. around. Again, you're playing with fire. You're betting that, you're, that you can outsmart the market. However, you just got to be right once. The big really, one. the big one. Yeah. In order to look like a genius. And it, it really doesn't take that much intelligence. It really just takes a lot of luck and common sense. And sometimes common sense doesn't even make sense because look at Dogecoin. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that use that as a strategy. Whatever is going to be a memeable investment, yeah. you could get very rich off of. Look at GME. Mm-hmm. GameStop. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that stock was on its... That, that, it looked like that business was going to shutter yeah. and close its doors forever, it, especially during the pandemic with all of its stores extremely limited op- operating at a limited capacity right. and now it's completely restructuring it's gained new life and mm-hmm. a lot of people became millionaires off of that yeah you say a fine second life you know i think yeah, you have to apply you know investing and how you look at you know the stock market there's going to be cycles you know mm-hmm. same thing with uh cryptocurrency there's going to be cycles and if you have a long-term strategy or a short-term strategy or you want to day trade it so if it's long term then i think just keep piling, just average down, keep piling on and eventually, like for me, I have like, there's a certain amount that I will invest in crypto, like 10% of my total investments mm-hmm. is in crypto. So it depends on like how you want to play it and yeah. you have to have a strategy. Buy the dip, buy the dip, keep buying the dip. Yep. Yeah, man. We'll buy a little. Thank you for sharing your story with us. It was, uh, it was unexpected that, and, and, and just to turn that around, I think, I mean, there's a lot of things in between we, we probably didn't cover mm-hmm. for you to, to change. is just incredible how you just mm-hmm. flipped a major negative into a positive. That takes an uh, incredible amount of strength. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you for inviting us to your, your studio and uh, doing no the things like, that's needed in the community right now. Yeah. You know, self-defense and making sure people are safe, protected, and understanding how to... You know, uh, protect themselves during this this um, very uncertain time. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are always welcome to come train with me whenever you guys want. You guys are around here, so yeah. Yeah, let me know if anyone wants to train. Tell them to hit me up. Mm -hmm. That's at Trainer J Lee on Instagram. Everyone hits me up on there. So awesome. Do you have a website? No, I don't have a website. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Well, you're talking about actually opening up a karate studio. I mean, oh no, no, yeah. I mean. I would like to open up a, a spot here around here because just yeah. simply I get so many requests and I don't have time to train everyone. So yeah, and I and I have to, 
I can't train people in my my living room all day, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just did this for because of the quarantine setup, you know. Yeah. When all the gyms were closed, I converted my living room. When I when I had my condo, I sold it recently. Mm-hmm. I had a big big living space, so I just converted that into a gym. Because right. gyms were closed, you couldn't train anywhere, so I converted my space into a gym. But I can't keep doing that. Yeah. Here, you know. Yeah, man. I would love to check it out if you actually get there. Yeah. Let me know. I'll. Uh, yeah. Thank you, brother. Amplify that if I can. All right, this is Lucky Boys. We are out. Thanks for listening and supporting the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts for the rest of our episodes.